first thing, can you tell me your name and tell me how old you are and what grade are you in? My name is Emmy Rose Estavino and I'm seven years old and I'm in first, first grade. And who are your parents and who are your brother and sisters? Um, my brothers and sisters, I have one brother, his name is Michael, and I have two sisters. The name is Ella and Evelyn, and my mom and dad are named Andrea and Michael. So tell me about two of your favorite things. What are two fa your favorite things that you love to do? Um, making crafts and um, playing piano with my sister. Emmy, tell me about when you decided you wanted to ask Jesus in your heart. When I was reading the Bible with my mom. Yeah, and what did you do when you were reading the Bible with mom? Um, we were praying. And what did you pray? I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Awesome. So when did you want to get baptized? When did you decide? Who did you tell? My mom. Yeah? And what did you tell your mom? That I wanted to get baptized because I wanted everybody to know what I believe. And what do you believe? That, that Jesus is real and he died on the cross for us. Okay, we are continuing on our series. And you say, well, what, what does not want to talk about money have to do with that story? Because everything we're going to talk about today, today we're going to talk about giving. And everything we're going to talk about today is about that story. Uh, the reason that... Uh, we talk about giving. The reason that God interacts with, with giving is he wants to let you, he wants to invite you into being a part of stories like that. Um, so as we jump in, I've already let the cat out of the bag that we're going to talk about giving. Uh, let, me, let me say to you, if, this, if you're new to Skyline, or even if you have not yet uh, accepted Christ, you're, you're just checking this thing out, um, I want you to know that God doesn't want your money, and, and we don't want your money. Uh, he wants your heart. That's what God is after. Uh, this would make sense to you if you've ever dated with somebody, uh, or if you're married, right? Um, did, your, did your wife marry you for your money? Like, is that what she married you for? Uh, yeah, most of you are looking at me like, uh, the guy I married doesn't have any money. What, 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 what are you talking about? You didn't marry him for, your, uh, for his money, correct? But... When he takes his money, when he takes his time and his effort and he takes his money and he buys you something, you feel loved. Because many, many times we take our resources, we use our resources to be able to communicate love to other people. And so God doesn't want your money, but your treasure and your heart are connected. God says wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. It's the way that we interact. It's the way that we show love. It's the way that we, in, we, we build this intimacy in our lives by taking that which we treasure and going, no, 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 you're more important than my treasure. I treasure you over my money. And so as we jump into this, 
uh, today, we want to talk about the conversation that you have with God about money. Do you enjoy that? Do you love to be able to sit down and go, I'm going to spend some time with God. I want to talk to him about money. I want to talk to him about giving. I want to connect with God about these things. Or is your conversation about money with God or giving with God a little bit like the tough conversations that I might have with my wife? So whenever I'm going to have a tough conversation with Lori that I know that I need to have, I absolutely need to have, it might not go well for me. It might not go well for both of us. Usually these conversations, that, they're conversations that we need to have, but they, they get, there's a lot of tension and we, there's huge potential that we could hurt each other in this conversation, but it's going to lead to a really good place in our relationship, more intimacy, more sharing. Now, in my life, I've always lived 12 hours away from where I grew up. And when we were younger, we used to travel home more than we do now, uh, especially when the kids were younger. But but it was always 12 hours. I lived in, when I went to college, it was 12 hours away from home. When I lived in Alabama, it was 12 hours away from home. And right here, it's 12 hours away from home. It's this odd thing in my life. And so this is what I would do. I'd be like, you know what? We need to have a conversation. We're, the perfect time to have a conversation is on the ride home, right? Perfect time. Or maybe the ride back. It's a perfect time to have a conversation. So I would put it off until that happened. And then we would take off. And I don't know if you're like us, but whenever we, took a, whenever we take a trip, we have to go back three times. Leave, go back, leave, go back, for all the things you forgot, right? So we can't have a conversation until after we've gone back. Maybe we need to be about an hour away, which is where Pennsylvania is, right? And then, and then I start going, you know what? At mile marker 125, at mile marker 125, I'm going to start the conversation. All the way down to zero, which is Ohio, Right? The Ohio State line, I, I'm going I'm to do it, I'm going to do it an hour into Ohio. Eventually, we're so close to home, it's too late. It's too late to have the conversation, it's too late to get it started, because you're, you're, you're afraid of that, that conversation. Well, the goal today is for you to realize, no, 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 you, you can have a conversation with God whereby you look forward to it. Whereby you can talk to God about money and about giving, and you're like, I love that conversation with God. I love it. Now, if you ask somebody if they pray enough, they almost, how's your prayer life? Almost everyone goes, oh, I don't pray enough. How you doing reading the Bible? Oh, I need to read the Bible more. How's the giving going? Oh, I should give more. Almost everybody has that interaction like, oh, I should give more. There's just this, well, with the giving one, is that true? Or is it that you just aren't having the conversation with God? Like you don't even know where that would be. You don't know what he's calling you to give or he's promising you if you do give. And so we're gonna, our whole goal today is to kind of work through that and, and help you come to the place where you go, no, I love having that conversation. And this year, this year when we do our faith promise, I'm going to, I'm going to take some risk. I'm going to take some risk because I, I, I know where God is on this, and I know where I am on this. Um, so let's jump in. The foundation to this conversation, we began last week with this idea of money and how you interact with it. And it is that the spiritual trumps the material. The, the spiritual trumps the material. Before I say the rest of that statement, there's two ways to live. One is that the spiritual trumps the material, which means... If I trust the spiritual, if I live from God's voice, 
If I interact with God and I live from his voice, he will overrule the material and he will provide for me. And all the spiritual wealth that I'm looking for, that comes from there. Or you can live as though the material trumps the spiritual. When you live as though the material trumps the spiritual, you expect to get the spiritual wealth from stuff, from money, from controlling, keeping, investing your, your, your possessions. And so from, those, from that action, from that place, you expect to get security. And all of us do this. All of us naturally believe the more I have, the more, more secure I am. It just makes sense. The better retirement I have, the more prepared I am to, to retire, the more secure I'm going to be. It just, it, some deep down inside, it's not true. It doesn't work out that way. But you tend to believe that. I'm going to find security and joy and peace, the life worth living I've been looking for. I'm going to get that if I, if I hang on or build wealth. So you go from those two places, and we talk through, and like, no, no, no. Really, the spiritual trumps the material. That God is the one who gives you security and peace and strength and joy. It's from being intimate with God that you experience those, piece, those pieces. It's being, it's being intimate God, with God that goes, you know what? I don't need anything else. I'm good. I'm good right where I am. I have an intimate relationship with God. He knows who I am. I know who he is. I can trust him. I can walk into his presence. That's, that's all I need. So the passage that we're going to, and then it goes on to say, I will live a life worth living by listening. And then I'm going to give you a, a verse and then what those three steps are. So in, in our church, we focus on uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and kind of our foundation for how we have this conversation with God. In that passage, he first says, you will reap what you sow. And then he says, each of you should give what you've decided to give. And in this particular situation, they had already decided to send an offering to another church that was really poor, and they wanted to help that church do well. And they had said, we're going to give this much. They literally made a faith promise. They had said ahead of time, we're going to give you this much. And so he goes, you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. So as we have this conversation, as we have this conversation, again, if you're new to, to Skyline, you get to hear this entire message going, like pick the person next to you that maybe brought you to Skyline, they're from Skyline, or, or maybe you can even whisper, you, like you've been here for a while? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Then you get to go to them, you, you, you hear what he just said? That's good, you, you have to do that. <laughs> I don't, I'm new, like I'm just checking this out, but you, you, you need to do that. This idea here, first, first and foremost, is we, today we're not going to talk about a conversation with God where God tells you what to give. That's not the conversation. The conversation is you already want to give. Last year we set a, a goal. We, we're not going to do that this year. We set a goal of 500000 We need to increase our giving by 20% to, to, to accomplish the vision that God had for us. And uh, people actually were like, okay, I'll, I'll give this much of that. I'll give this much of that. And you did it. It's amazing you did it. Actually, when I got to this year, I was like, whoa, we did not celebrate that the way we should have. Uh, we should have spent some time going, 
this is, this is incredible what happened. You did that, and not only did you pledge it, you gave it. So we're going to end the year with a budget of right around 500000 which is incredible. And if you've been hanging out here this year, I mean, every week God is doing something in somebody's life. Like it's just this continual story after story after story of God at work in people's lives. You want to give to that. You love to give. Most of you want to become millionaires so you can give it away. Most of you would love, when you dream about this and you're driving down the road, man, if I had this much money, I'd be able to give to that. I'd be able to give to this. You love to give. You're just afraid that if you give, you won't have what? You won't have that life worth living. Like if you give it away, where goes, there goes your security. There goes your, right? So in this conversation that we're having, what you have decided in your heart to give, we're going to do this faith promise. You decide, this is what I want to be able to give this next year. You pledge it. And then he says, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So if any point you think like, oh man, the church is really pushing me to give. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're pushing you to have this conversation with God. We're pushing you to enter into this intimate relationship with God, and he is the one who says, I'll take care of you if you give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Not by guilt. Not, oh, I have to. This is not God setting at the gate, staying at the gate. Oh, you want blessing in your life? Then you give. You pay up. You pay up, I'll let you in. That's compulsion. No. Not by those things. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Let's go back to the dating thing. When you are dating, you spend money at an insane rate. Matter of fact, parents, you got to prepare your kids for that, right? This is your dating account, right? You can only spend from this account. Because it's so fun. It is so fun to give and give and give. You love giving to them. It's cheerful. You love it. There's no such thing as to be grudging and cheerful at the same time. So, so you get this. In this conversation, you're going to give because you love to give. So now, the way that you do that, that the spiritual trumps the material, is you listen to the voice of God, not your own voice. You listen to the voice of God, not your own voice. You don't come into the conversation with God and say, God, listen, I need you to understand a few things. I need you to understand that in this, this, this whole giving conversation, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, and I have to have this. That's you talking. When you listen to the voice of God, you be quiet. You go, God, what do you have to say to me? You listen to God's spirit, not my own logic. When it comes to finances, especially if you're good at finances, actually, no, even those of you who are terrible at finances, you're terrible by your own logic. The reason that you got in so much financial trouble is you said, okay, I'm going to borrow this money here, and then I'm going to do this here, and, then, and it's going to work out. I can't afford it right now, but somehow I'm going to borrow the money for it, and I will be able to afford it in two years. 
That's your own logic. It's your own logic when you were in high school. You remember this in high school? Remember that conversation with your mom or your dad? I don't need to take geometry. I have investigated everything I could ever possibly do with my life, and geometry has nothing to do with it. I don't, it was logic. And to you at the time, no one, could have, no one could have said otherwise. You knew you were right. Your logic was right. Your conclusion was dead wrong. So I'm not going to listen to my logic. I'm going to listen to God's spirit. And I'm going to listen to my spirit, not my flesh. What's the difference? When you listen to your spirit, it is exactly the same as listening to God's spirit. Because if you're a believer, your spirit and God's spirit is one. It, your spirit never says the words, yeah, but. Your flesh always says, yes, but. Your spirit goes, I want to give this amount. And your flesh goes, yeah, but. No, no, no. You're not going to look at the danger. You're not going to look at the downfall. You're going to look at, no, no, no. This is what I would love to give. I'm going to listen to that spirit. So let's inform the spirit. Uh, let's inform the spirit. Now, this next piece for our church leadership, um, primarily the guys who you've heard speak before and our elders, uh, but especially Dan DeKaiser. Dan DeKaiser has is, is been an incredible leader in our church. And he is concerned, and I am concerned, about this, this terrible thing that happens with giving, whereby you are looking for a formula. You're looking for the number. It's like when, you, it's like when you're going to buy a car, right? The guy's over there. You're like, just, just give me the number. Right? Or you get a bill, like a hospital bill or some insurance or plumbing bill, and you're like, and they're like, oh, we're gonna do it because of this, and this is involved, and you're like, this is too painful. Just give me the number. How much do I have to pay? Right? And then you think if you reach the number, whew, don't have to talk about that anymore. Or I figured out what I have to give, I got the number. Don't have to think about that anymore. Well, that's the exact opposite of what we're talking about. We're talking about a conversation with God whereby out of faith and love and out of the grace that he's poured into your life, you're excited. You're like, wow, I get to do this. I get to have this great conversation. But at the same time, we need to inform you of what the Bible says in, in the beginning, because when, when, even when you look at New Testament giving, they, they already knew what the Old Testament said when they had done that. So I'm going to introduce this a couple of things to you. And when you leave today, we're going to give you a packet that has six pages of Bible verses about giving. We don't give you that so that you're like, oh, oh. hoping that by the time you get to the end of the, the verse, you're like, yeah, give 70% of your income. <laughs> right? No. We give that to you so that you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to kind of find out what the Bible says. 
But you don't have to fear that conversation because God doesn't want your money. He wants your heart. And we want to inform your heart. So here's the first one. One, the tithe is a starting point. A tithe is like 10% of your income. It's the starting point of giving. And for, for many of you, you're going to be like, whoa, I've been asking God and, and, and like I'm at 2%. Which somebody after first service said, hey, I want to tell you what's been happening in my, my life. And, and they talked about how they started here and it's been growing ever since because they've been having this conversation. The conversation's way more important than a formula. But I, I want you to know that in the Old Testament, or even before the law, this one is before the law, this is Jacob. Jacob made a vow to God. If God will be with me and will watch over me, all that you give me, I will give a tenth, 10%. The second one is, in the Old Testament, they gave beyond the, beyond the tithe. It says, if they offer it as an expression of thankfulness, then along with this thank, thank offering, they are to offer thick loaves of, made with yeast and with olive oil mixed in and thin loaves made with yeast and brushed with oil and thick loaves of finest flour well kneaded with the oil mixed in. He's like, so they would have Thanksgiving offerings, celebration offerings, uh, like harvest offerings where they're like, whoa, look what God has done. And then they would pour into uh, and give above the tithe. Number three, I reap what I sow. This principle is a principle that, that works in your life in lots of areas, all of the areas of your life, actually. You reap what you sow. What you pour into it, you get out of it. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sow, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. The fourth one is you can't give, I can't get outgive God. I cannot outgive God. It's really fun to hear stories of people who've tried. You cannot outgive God. You can't be like, okay, God, I'm going to give this much, and, I, and I'm just going to run out. I, I love giving. I'm not giving to get rich. I'm giving to prove to you I can give more than you give. And God even says in some passage of Scripture, try that. You just try that. You test me and see what happens. You can't outgive God. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compassion. Listen to this. For God loves a cheerful giver. Listen to this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you have all that you need. You will abound in every good work. If you give, he will provide so that you have everything you need to give more. Sometimes that's money, but sometimes he does it in crazy ways. Sometimes he just, there's circumstances take place or your, your generosity grows or, or he provides in ways, it's not money, it's other things that allows that to happen. Here's three things to think about as you're having this conversation. One, I am more secure giving money to God's vision than keeping it for myself. Remember that? I, I can't give, I won't be secure. The truth is you are more secure giving money to God's vision than keeping it for yourself. When you keep it for yourself, you fear that you'll lose it. When you give it, you're guaranteed that it will produce righteousness, goodness, forever. When you keep it, you have to, you have to hoard it. You have to watch over it. You have to fear. When you give it away, then God is responsible 
to take care of it and make sure it produces. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. The more seed you give away, the more seed God gives. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. What? You are giving and God is going to multiply or enlarge what you give. The third one is, I'm sorry, the second one is, I will enjoy the money more by giving the money away than spending it on myself. I will enjoy the money more by giving the money away than spending it on myself. This isn't about specific giving, and I have almost no stories about this. You know why? Because people who practice this won't let me tell their stories. There's a lot of people in our church that believe this and practice this. It's why we have our church. There are, there are a, percentage, a, a percentage of our people, like 20% of our people give about 60, 70% of our giving. You don't know who any of them are. They won't let me tell you. They will tell me stories. Oh, man, can we share that? No, 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 no. They won't let you because they love doing this, but they do not want reward from us for doing it. It's because it comes out of this conversation that they're having with God. It's a, it's a cool thing other than, you know, I need the story. <laughs> Lori and I got ourselves in a pickle where our, our grandson, Kale, who has Down syndrome, he went to um, school with his brothers. He's not in a special school. He's in their school. And so he has these behavioral things he has to do, and, and he didn't, so, didn't do great when he first started, so they made up this chart. And then uh, I think my wife came up with this idea. She told him, look, you get a perfect chart four days in a row. We'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. I can't give to the church anymore because i got to take care of this promise. <laughs> So what happens is, right, he gets home, calls us on the phone, made my chart, made my chart, and then he tells us what day of the week he expects us to come get him and take him to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> I'm not a big Chuck E. Cheese fan. I, I've never been a big Chuck E. Cheese fan. I love taking him to Chuck E. Cheese. Why? I get way more enjoyment out of spending that money on him Oh, and he has to take his two brothers with him and his two brothers. <laughs> than I would ever enjoy spending on myself. That is true. As you give to what God calls you to give to. Number three, you will be in, uh, the Bible says you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You will grow in your generosity. You don't get stingier the more you give. You get more generous the more you give. And then the result in thanksgiving to God. Other people are going to trust in and thank God because of your giving. Now, you, this doesn't happen directly. Like I said, these people who give, you don't know who they are. They get to watch you thank God. And they're like, that's, I get to be a part of that. I love it. I love that I gave here and I get to watch Thanksgiving over there. 
The last one is, listening to God's voice is incredibly scary, but you will never regret the fruit. Listening to God's voice is incredibly scary, but you'll never regret the fruit. So this one's not a money one. This is just, this has happened to me recently, and, and um, I think the principle fits here. So some 20 years ago, um, I was in a church, and I was in a position where I had to stand up for what was right, and um, it's scary. It's really scary. I had stood up for, for what was right before and gotten bad fruit from it, meaning bad results from it, not bad fruit. And I was like, this is, this is really scary. But this is, this is what God's called me to do. And in this conversation with God, it was like a giving conversation. It's like, oh, God, I, if I do that, this is what's going to cost. If I do that, this is what I'm not going to have. But God's promise is, no, no, no. I will take care of you. I'll, I will bless you. And so I stood up for what was right, and I got fired, and I lost my house. And so about uh, three weeks ago, we're going, th we're cleaning, uh, Lori and I are doing this cleaning up project, and we're going through old papers, and I ran across my old uh, taxes, my 1049s. And I had through the years kind of become a martyr feeling sorry for myself, for the fact that I stood up for what was right and then what had happened to us, okay? And my, ten, my, my, my income, the year before I stood up for what was right and got fired, was 31000 plus about 10000 for the house. And so let's go 41000 I'm looking through the papers, and then I looked what the income was the next year. 81,000. The year after that, Lori had gone to work. It was 110,000. You're like, what? Oh, that's right. It's really scary. Oh, oh, this fruit is the money. That's not the fruit. The fruit is Sharon and Joe, Pete, Joanna, Joelle. You're the fruit. This would have never happened had that not happened. I, I would never regret this fruit. And you will never regret that fruit. Next, I want to introduce you to another video. This is part of the fruit. I want, to, want you to see again, why do we do this? Why would, we, why would God call us to give our money to his vision. Meet Lydia. My name is Lydia, and um, I was born and raised in Passaic, New Jersey, but I currently uh, live and work in Bloomfield. I work in business admin right now, but I'm hoping to, um, you know, try something different and kind of, you know, go a different route. I wasn't raised in church, like I grew up know, knowing about Jesus and um, believing in God, but I didn't go to church and it wasn't really something that, you know, was really um, important growing up. Um, so I knew he was there, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And um, I was in a dark place, I guess you can say, and that kind of started um, my journey as far as you know, wanting to know him and just wanting something different. My life was pretty much just, um, just dark. And 
you know, I, I pretty much had no hope. You know, I felt like my life had no purpose. And, you know, I couldn't, I guess I wasn't satisfied with thinking this is all there is to life. You know, I was always trying to um, find fulfillment in the world, you know, in, in my job or in a relationship or with friends or with money. And um, everything always, you know, led to the same feeling. Like I was just empty. I felt like something was missing. And so that's, you know, how I, you know, started looking for churches. So I would try, you know, researching different ones online or asking people about, you know, where do they go? And I actually found Skyline um, online. So that's, you know, how I'm here now. I came by myself, um, you know, because, you know, I really knew I needed something more and bigger. And, you know, I needed something, you know, to kind of scoop me up and, you know, make things better. I remember thinking, this is it, you know, this is, I found my church, this is where I belong. It was like a moment of surrendering because um, based on how I grew up, I was pretty much always in control or I took control. So I felt I was in control of my life. And after, you know, living and trying things and failing or, you know, still feeling empty or feeling um, guilty and ashamed and just full of regrets, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't want to be in control. So that's when, you know, I said, Jesus, take over. Because, you know, I just can't. I can't. And, um, you know, obviously now I know that I was never in control. And it's a relief to know that I don't have to be. I've been wanting to get baptized for a long time. Um, and the reason I decided to do it now was because I realized that the reason I haven't done it already is because of fear. And, you know, in God, there is no fear. So I said, you know, I want to do this, you know, because he's given me the strength and the confidence to do everything and anything. So, you know, I want to do this for him and to, you know, show that in him there's strength. And even if you are a little hesitant, you know, he will walk you through it. My life is very different now. Um, I have hope, you know, something that's, um, crucial to uh, succeeding and inspiring others and and just you know continuing and seeing things totally different you know before I didn't have any hope and it's just like the total opposite now like I'm excited about trying new things and you know um, encouraging people and helping them you know in their dark times so it's exciting very exciting I want people to know that they're not alone and that they can put their trust in Jesus 100% and that they don't have to be in control because God is and that's the best feeling in the world knowing that you have someone that you can run to and rely on and count on some someone and something that doesn't change which you know we don't have in this world and he's constant One of the key things that she said is she, 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 was, she felt dark. She lived in a dark place, and now she's, find, she's finding light. Like, uh, well, that was you know, just a few months ago. She's, this, this video I picked specifically because it's a few years ago, and she's continued to grow in that in her life. Uh, she's, she's continued to just step by step replace the things she's afraid of with what God has trusted her for. That's what, that, God is inviting you into being a part of that through giving. That's what he's doing. That's what this conversation is about. And so 
Uh, in your program, you have what is called the uh, Faith Promise card. You can do this through the card, or you can also do it through the app. You can uh, do this process. But on the right-hand side, it has the uh, math part of it. How do you figure out the percentages and what you would be able to give? And then on the left side, it has you give X amount of money every, whether it be week, month, uh, however you, you choose to be able to do that. Um, and then you would turn in the card. That's the, the, the logistics of it. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to have this conversation with God. The conversation with God is not what should I give. You already have a larger number than what you usually have faith to be able to give. It is, God, what can I trust you for? What can I trust you for? Now, I told you earlier, we, we, last year we had a pyramid. We talked about the, the amount of dollars. This year, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to pick a number not based on your logic and not even based on what you can afford. Pick a number based on, if I were to do this, God would have to show up. Like God would have to do something in my life. He'd, he'd have to provide in a way that I can't see it at this point. Now, there's a couple of reasons I want you, want you to do this. It's because this year I want you to focus on growing in this intimacy with God and this faith with God. And the other thing you need to realize is this. This is a pledge between you and God. You give it to us so that we can celebrate together, and we do actually work off our budget somewhat on this, but we can celebrate together and be praying for you. Go for that number. Now, don't go crazy. If you gave $100 last year, don't go, I'm going to go a million. I'm going a million. Unless in the conversation, God says, yep, that's the number. Like, I, I, you can trust me for that. But for the most part, it doesn't usually work that way. No, go for the real number that kind of scares you, and you're like, okay, God, you would have to show up for me to be, for us to be able to do this. And put that number in. And the second thing you need to know is this. We do not, halfway through the year, go, hey, give us the money. <laughs> we, we don't do that. This is a tool for us to practice this principle. It's between you and God. Then, once you put the number in, you're ready to go. At the beginning of the year, when it starts, you get your paycheck. You first thing, before you do anything else, you give that amount. Don't wait until you've gotten done. Don't wait till the end of the month. Don't see what you have left over. Do it by faith, trusting God's going to take care of me. You do that one, two, three months. At the end of the three months, do an evaluation. Is God keeping his promise? Did God come through? Six months. Wow, okay. It doesn't get less scary. It doesn't. You're like, oh, I got through that first three months. I can trust God now. It doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. It's still the conversation. You're still interact, interacting with God, intimacy with God. And you continue to do that as you walk through the year. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're not standing at the gate going, hey, pay up. Thank you that you love us and you love our heart. And that money can be a beautiful way to experience intimacy with you. Giving, it, it just, it, it explodes our heart and at the same time grows our faith 
I pray for each person here as they have this conversation with you, that they're focused on you and this conversation, this intimacy and their fears and bringing that to you and that as they live their lives, they would be able to come to a place where they're like, no, I'm giving exactly what I wanted to give. I, I get to live off the rest and enjoy all of it. In your name we pray, amen. We're gonna sing a song called Christ is Enough. And so in this process, really it starts with the fact that Christ is enough. I don't need anything else. And so the reason I'm going to give is because of what Jesus has already poured into me and what he promises for the future.